ladies and gentlemen, to Uncle Tom Talks on this fine Thursday evening with your Derek Wilbur. I want you guys get ready and get him the truth. I'm ready to introduce the man himself, Derek Wilbur. Derek, thanks for coming on the show. Really excited to have you. Let's get going. Let's do it. Welcome in Thursday edition. Uncle Tom Talks, your host, Derek Wilbur. And we're going to talk about Supreme Court justice nominees tonight. But before I get there, I want to do a little housekeeping and clean up a couple loose things. Uh, if you were here Thursday, uh, Tuesday or last Thursday, you know I did an in-depth, a, a deep dive into our local school board situation. Not going to recap all that. Uh, you can go back into the archives at conservative-daily.com and click on the podcasts and go to my page and find the find them there or on the YouTube. If you go to YouTube and search my name, uh, you can find them there. But uh, thir- um, what was it? Tuesday, Thursday, one or the other. I gave, I opened the show paying homage to uh, Ralph Lindemann, the uh, recently, uh, recent Air Force head, pull it together, Derek. Ralph Lindemann died the day before yesterday. He was the head track and field coach at the Air Force Academy. Uh, I live right near the Air Force Academy, literally five miles, uh, five, just, just down the street. And that's our local school. It's our in-home, it's our hometown team. My son is an alum and uh, it's a tight community. The Air Force Academy alumni, alumni, uh, and we're we're a part of that extended community. Coach Lindemann was a tremendous man. But after I finished the show, uh, I went on to do a speaking engagement here, and a couple people, several people that had watched the show, came up to me and said, "Thanks for saying Coach Lindemann. Um, he was a great guy, and we really are going to miss him and, and this type of thing." So, if sports is an interesting thing, if you're a if you've ever been a coach, what about your kids' little team, uh, your kids' YMCA team, or whether you coached in a more competitive environment at the high school or collegiate level, you affect people's lives in ways that you'll never know. You'll never know. There are people in the world right now who were touched by your coaching them 28 years ago. When they were in the sixth grade 28 years ago, you haven't seen them since. They're, they've, they're completely out of your life. But things that you said and did and put into them way back then, they still remember. Coaches are powerful people. And um, Coach Lindemann was one of the great ones. And one of the things that I mentioned was that our oldest son, Connor, was, uh, was recruited was partially recruited. Coach Lindemann helped recruit him to the Air Force Academy. Now, he was going to go to the Air Force Academy anyway, but he was a runner, a distance runner. He ran cross country in the fall and then track and, and field in the spring. I realized after I had mentioned the passing of Coach Lindemann that I had missed a golden opportunity to brag on one of my kids. So I want to show you something. This is... Um, this is this is our son Connor. So he uh, have let's put up image number five. Image number five. This is of the Times at the University of Arkansas. 
that had a big invitational meet, the SEC Invitational Indoor. And our son finished second place in the men's mile, ran a 414 mile on an indoor track. So, of course, indoor times are always slower because you spend more time turning, right? A mile on an outdoor track is a four-turn mile. On an indoor track is a six-turn mile. So you're always slower indoors. This is as fast as indoor time at the Air Force Academy. Uh, let's put up image number seven. And some of you know my son. There's my boy right there. He joined the Academy in 2018. And let's put up image number six. And that was at the 2017, I think this is his junior year, he finished second place in the SEC Invitational Indoor Men's Mile. That's my boy. Connor Wilburn, shout out to my son. He watches these when he's able. Uh, love you, son. You know I'm praying for you all the time. I have another boy. He is responsible for producing these shows. He makes this thing look as beautiful as it looks. He's my partner when it comes to getting this done, and I call him Apollo Creed. And there he is, the former heavyweight champion of the world, Apollo Creed. That man is the dancing destroyer. Um, so the last thing I'm going to say about school board. So last show and the show before that was all about our local school board, my local school board. Go back and watch it. Um, the abuse that school board members take. Well, check that. The abuse that conservative school board members take at the hands of liberals is unbelievable. Now, it doesn't happen the other way around. Okay, we liberal, uh, we conservatives, we don't show up and berate and abuse and, and, and personally attack in the most vicious manner elected representatives on our school boards. We don't do that. I may disagree with you on policy. I may disagree with some decisions you're making. I may disagree with a lot of things, but I'll work to uh, unseat you and replace you in the next election. But I'm not going to get up and call you names. And at the school board meeting last week, a week ago, people got up and school board members' families were racists. Okay, they went after their family and said that they're 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 greatest fear is that they have a homosexual in their family they don't just went on these personal rants i talked to the president of our school board i know the president of the board and i told him you know what you're too nice a guy for this position now, he's competent he's entirely competent but he's a very very nice man very nice human being very likable I, everybody likes him except for the little hate him even though they don't even know should do is approach the school board and disagree with, you know, can I get on your calendar? Can I buy you coffee? And let's sit down and talk about where we agree. Let's talk about where we disagree. Let's talk about the events. That's what they should do. But they don't do that. They get up and they call them all racists. And our school board president is just a nice, just a, a new individual who legitimately wants to give everybody every opportunity they can. So he sits there and lets him berate him right to his face. So uh, go back and watch the last two episodes of Uncle Tom Talks at conservative.conservationally.com. Uh, I'm going to let this thing go as we listen to 
one more speech. So at another school board meeting here in Colorado Springs, this also was last week, or maybe it's this week, I can't remember which, but it's, it's recent news. Another parent, a parent of color, like myself, I believe the school district 11, took to the podium and said things that I've been saying, that we don't want this critical theory poisoning our children's minds. We don't want to our black children that they are oppressed and that they haven't got a shot in America because of their skin color. And we don't want to tell our white children that they are, are part of an oppressing ruling class that is on the throats of blacks because they aren't. They're 12 year olds in school. It's just not true. So I'm going to let this go, but I want to give this guy, and I don't know him, I, I don't think I do, but he gave a very convincing speech, a beautifully, just beautifully spoken, it's about two minutes long. Let's roll cut number, what I say, Creed? Is this cut number three? I believe it is Hope cut number three. Child. Yes, sir. Hit it. My name is Tyree Cartledge. I'm a resident, taxpayer, District 49. Two of my children attended District 49, and I currently live and pay taxes in this district. I've been a registered nurse for over 15 years and have my master's in nursing and leadership and management. My morals and ethics are rooted in Judeo-Christian values. I am disgusted, offended, and insulted by the thought of critical race theory. CRT is also disguised as equity or equity training. Equity versus equality are two totally different words. Equity is a redistribution without having to earn it or work for it. Equity is the Trojan horse to confuse and indoctrinate our teachers and students. CRT is an evil Marxist ideology. This ideology teaches that math, English, science, and time are racist. These are just a few of the racist ideology taught by CRT. CRT is the opposite of what Martin Luther King teaches, not to be judged by the color of your skin, but by the content of your character. CRT teaches you should be judged by the color of your skin, and if you are white, you're an oppressor and have to atone for your sins. And if you're black, you must be a victim. This ideology is ridiculous, absurd, and straight ludicrous. It teaches segregation and not to be responsible for your own actions and to blame the white oppressor. CRT goes against <coughs> our USA Constitution, not progressing away from segregation, but regressing towards it. The Constitution says we the people, not we the brown people, not we the black people, we the white people, states we the people. CRT's attempt to make skin color important and a priority. CRT goes against District 49's values and beliefs. CRT goes against the principles of Judeo-Christian values. CRT is a cult and supported by Black Lives Matters. The National Education Association, the NEA, had a conference this past weekend here in Denver, Colorado. The three initiatives discussed and voted in were one, increased implementation of CRT in K through 12, two, promote CRT in every local school district across the country, and three, attack opponents of CRT, including parent groups and conservative research centers. Board members and chief officer, your salaries are paid by taxpayers, you work for us. The NEA has no jurisdictions to make or enforce policies in regards to teaching our children. The children need to be educated in reading, writing, and arithmetic. For example, the NRA cannot and are not allowed to make new gun policy initiatives. The NEA initiatives to teach racial hierarchy is evil. It should be considered a hate group similar to the KKK or BLM. I demand accountability and transparency by allowing parents or taxpayers of District 49 to attend all equity training 
or whatever new name that is created with language manipulation in regards to CRT. CRT is evil, regressive, and destructive ideology has no place in District 49, the state of Colorado, the USA, or in the world. Thank you, time's up. Mic drop, boom, boom. So I can end my school board talk right there because he handled it for me. But what he said, one of the things he said is that CRT seeks to make skin color a priority. Seeks to make skin color a priority. Which segues beautifully into the topic for tonight's Uncle Tom Talk. So I'm gonna knock this out in just a handful of minutes. I don't think anybody in the country, if you ask anybody in the United States, I'm going to ask you right now, should, uh, should sex or skin color eliminate a person from consideration for a job? Okay, should your skin color, should you be automatically disqualified from consideration because of the color of your skin? What are most people going to say? They're going to say, no, of course not. Well, that is not what the President of the United States believes. By association, what tens of millions of his supporters believe as well. Right? So the President of the United States, or the current occupant of the Oval Office, made it quite clear that if you have the wrong color of skin, or if you have the wrong reproductive organs, you are not qualified. You are not eligible to be hired by his administration for a position that is being discussed in the country today. And I will prove it by rolling cut number one. But let me say a few words about the critically important work of selecting his successor. Choosing someone to sit in the Supreme Court, I believe, is one of the most serious constitutional responsibility a president has. Our process is going to be rigorous. I will select a nominee worthy of Justice Breyer's legacy of excellence and decency. While I've been studying candidates' backgrounds and writings, I've made no decision except one. The person I will nominate will be someone with extraordinary qualifications, character, experience, and integrity. And that person will be the first black woman ever nominated to the United States Supreme Court. It's long overdue, in my view. I made that commitment during the campaign for president, and I will keep that commitment. I will fully do what I said I'd do. I will fulfill my duty to select a justice, not only with the Senate's consent, but with his advice. Okay. Sure, Couldn't say another up. nomination process. So, there it is. I will only consider black women. That is the same thing as saying you are disqualified from this position if you have skin color that is skin that is the wrong color or reproductive organs that don't fit the bill that's prescriptory on its face but then he, after he says it's, i'm going to nominate a black woman he proceeds to say it's long overdue in my opinion it's long overdue well you know joe biden had the opportunity to Confer vote to confirm a justice 
a judge to the U.S. Federal Circuit, which will then place that person in line for appointment to the Supreme Court, who was a black female. Creed, let's get a look at Judge Janice Rogers Brown, please. On your screen right now is former U.S. Circuit Court Judge, former California Supreme Court Justice, Janice Rogers Brown. Janice Rogers Brown was nominated to the Federal Circuit by George W. Bush. And guess who in the Senate refused to vote for her? Joe Biden refused to vote not once, but twice. And then when her to the as an appellate court judge, then when her name come up came up as a possibility to be appointed to the Supreme Court, Biden threatened to filibuster to prevent that from happening. A black woman from the segregated South, a single mom who worked hard, earned a law degree, and became a Supreme Court justice in the largest state in the country. He had the ability to vote for her to become a judge and to filibuster her to prevent happening. Yet now, he says, getting a black Supreme Court justice is long overdue, in my opinion. So what's the lesson here? The lesson here is very simple. They don't want black women or black men or Hispanics or what have you. The only diversity they're interested in is the lack of diversity of thought. But don't take my word for it. Take Joe Biden's word for it. So let's get cut number two ready. So you just saw Janice Rogers Brown. Biden was on, I believe this is station. I believe this is 2003, the first time she was nominated. No, this would be the second. This is 2003, 2004, somewhere around there. And he's on one of the Sunday talk shows, I think it's Face the Nation, where he makes it clear that if Bush sends her to the Senate for confirmation to the Supreme Court, she will be filibustered, which is the minority, the, the party without voting control. It's their mechanism for blocking the party with voting control. And we're going to get into what Biden said about that later, because he's he was against the filibuster before he was for it. Now he's for the filibuster after he was against it. And now he claims that the whole thing is just Jim Crow. But that's another story. Here's what Joe Biden had to say when asked about the possibility of Janice Rogers Brown, a black woman from the Deep South, being appointed to the Supreme Court just about, what would that be, 18, 19 years ago? Hit cut number two. Um, and uh, but I have no intention to fill a brush somebody. It depends on who the president sends. But I could see a circumstance. Mm -hmm. For example, if he set up Edith Jones, I can assure you that would be a very, very, very difficult fight, and she probably would be filibustered. What about what, Janice what a, Rogers Brown? Someone excuse else. me. I'm, 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 I'm not, by the way, I misspoke. I misspoke. Janice Rogers Brown is what I meant to say. Oh, okay. I misspoke. Thank but you for but, but that. wasn't she Janice wasn't Rogers she Brown just wasn't she just confirmed though? How do you invoke the extraordinary circumstances yes. clause of the agreement of the Gang of Fourteen for somebody who's just why. been confirmed? Because a circuit court of a judge is bound by stare decisis. They don't get to make new law. They have to abide by the, for example, she So, so what you're saying is the Supreme a, Court's different than different the appellate ball game. Right. Okay. Totally different ballgame. Yeah, it's different. It's different. It's different. So first of all, Joe has not been 
in control of what comes out of his mouth for a very long time. People have called him gaff-prone and what have you. I don't know if these are gaffs. The connection between his mind and tongue has always been loose, suspect. Okay, so I misspoke. I misspoke. What I meant to say was he's still doing that to this day. He's always done that. So he meant to say Janice Rogers Brown. He just said somebody else's name because this is Joe, and that's a problem he has. So he made it clear. This black woman, not a chance. Not going to vote for her. And rather than continue to give me my thoughts on this, give you my thoughts on this, I want to read a couple of columns to you that are on the web here the last handful of days that do a pretty good job coming up exactly what's going on here. The first, And uh, Creed, you can probably put it on screen for people to follow along if they choose. This is from the Washington Examiner. This is the Washington Examiner. And yeah, there it is right there. By, oops, I lost it here. So Biden's past filibuster of black female judicial nominee raised in Supreme Court fight. Conservative lawmakers and political commentators have resurfaced President Joe Biden's previous filibusters against a black female nominee for a U.S. appeals court amid his administration's pledge to nominate the first black woman to the Supreme Court. During former President George W. Bush's administration, then-Senator Biden twice opposed and filibustered the nomination of Janice Rogers Brown to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit in 2003, and then he did it again in 2005, despite her confirmation that year. Recalling the president's previous move, Republican Senator Josh Hawley tweeted Monday, Biden should, quote, make amends and nominate the 72-year-old. Uh, Brown, who retired from the D.C. Circuit in August 2017. If he wants to unite the country, Biden should nominate Janice Rogers Brown, committed constitutionalist who is also an African-American woman. Sadly, Biden personally filibustered her historic nomination to the D.C. Circuit twice when he was in the Senate. Senate. Now is the time to make amends. Uh, let's skip, I'm going to skip the next paragraph. Oh, no, here with Biden, who has become exceedingly more critical of the Senate filibuster rule and has decried it as a relic of Jim Crow segregation laws, was not the only senator at the time to oppose Brown's nomination. In 2005, then-Senate Senator Barack Obama opposed Brown. End quote. Okay. So if so here's the thing they're not in favor of a black woman being on the Supreme Court they're in favor of a black woman who thinks the way they demand all blacks think anyone else forget it and Senator Hawley makes a really good point the way to cure this the way to make amends is to nominate her now nominate her now Janice Rogers Brown she's 72 years old uh we could get a good six, eight, 10, 12 years out of her easily. So you want to make right what you did, dissing a black woman, blocking her at every chance you got, nominate her now. Okay, not going to happen. And now the next column we're going to read is on American Thinker. This is just from a couple of days ago, and this is extraordinarily well written. I've written a lot for the American Thinker. If you go to American Thinker, 
uh, I believe it's AmericanThinker.com, and search on my name, you'll find an archive of all my columns. I've got a ton of them on American Thinker. But here's what American Thinker writer Rajan Ladd wrote the day before yesterday. Back in 2003, President George W. Bush nominated Janice Rogers Brown to serve on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit. Brown was not only highly qualified, but also had the right kind of experience. She studied at UCLA Law School. She had served as an Associate Justice for the California Supreme Court for seven years. She also happened to be a non-white woman who came from a family of sharecroppers. She grew up in rural Alabama during the era of segregation. She completed her college law and, and her college and law school education while supporting herself as a working single mother. What a great story. Making her a DC circuit judge would have been a great message that education and hard work are the only way to elevate yourself. The message probably would have resonated with most African Americans. However, did the Democrats, who are the dogmatic advocates of diversity, inclusion, and BLM react? They filibustered Brown's nomination along with Bush other uh, circuit along with other Bush circuit court nominees. Two years later, Bush re-nominated Brown. This time, Brown was confirmed by a vote of 56 to 43 in exchange for Republican agreement to retain the filibuster for judicial nominees. Voting against Brown on both occasions was a certain Senator Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. In November 2013, the then Democrat Senate majority eliminated the filibuster for executive nominees and judicial nominees except for Supreme Court nominees invoking the so-called nuclear option. In 2006, when Sandra Day O'Connor announced her retirement from the Supreme Court, according to the Washington Post, Brown was on President Bush's short list to replace her. Once again, it would have been a historic and uplifting message across the nation. She would have been the first black woman ever nominated to serve as an associate justice of the Supreme Court. But Brown had a nemesis in Senator Joe Biden, who swiftly swung into action. During an interview on CBS's Face the Nation, Biden said, if Bush, nominee, if Bush nominated Brown, quote, I can assure you that would be a very, very, very difficult fight, and she probably would be filibustered, end quote. You just saw that. Biden added that the Supreme Court is a totally different ballgame because being a circuit court judge is bound by stars desis. It's a legal term I'm not familiar with. They don't get to make law. Now, I'm going to jump down a little bit here. How would the current crop of race-hustling Democrats on MSNBC interpret Biden's actions and words? Okay, so if, if the current people at MSNBC were at MSNBC in 2003, what would they have said about Biden? They would have branded him a racist with a claim that he thought an educated and experienced individual was unfit for good and Supreme Courts merely because of the color of her skin and her sex. They would have denounced him with all pejorative epithets known to man. If you ask the Democrats today why Biden opposed her, they will claim that it was because of her ideology. Brown opposed affirmative action and also supported limited abortion laws. In other words, 
Democrats support only those black people who think exactly as they do and support all their issues. A non-white person who had developed ideas of her own based on her life experiences has no place in the party. The diversity of the modern Democrat playbook is the superficial is of is the superficial sort, i.e., of skin pigment, sex, sexual orientation. But real kind of diversity, i.e., the diversity of ideas, is not welcomed, probably because Democrats know that their core ideas are a deficit. A truly open-minded individual respects everyone irrespective of demographic group and ideas. Only narrow-minded bigots restrict their approval to those who fully agree with them. If a non-white woman thinks affirmative action is not the best way to uplift her community, she deserves to be listened to because she has first-hand experience. No such luck for Brown with the Democrats. But these days, Biden sings a different tune. He claims the filibuster is a relic of the Jim Crow era, and hence, it should be done away with. Last month, Joe Biden pledged to nominate the first black woman to the Supreme Court. A fortnight ago, Joe Biden nominated Judge Katanji Brown Jackson to the Federal Appeals Court to replace Justice Breyer. The irony is not lost that it was Biden who once used the filibuster that he now calls uh, anachronistic and bigoted to block the first black woman to the Supreme Court that he now claims is long overdue. The hypocrisy is stunning, but they don't see it, and if they do see it, they refuse to admit it. So the filibuster is bad when it could work against us. The filibuster is good when it could work for us. The filibuster it would be invoked by racists and bigots to stop a black woman from getting on the Supreme Court. The filibuster was used by bigots to stop a white black woman from getting on the Supreme Court. It was the right thing to do. This is how they roll. So Joe Biden has had past opportunities to promote black women in the federal judiciary, and he refused to do it. Now he's claiming it's long past due that someone does it. And I hope the Republicans make this the biggest thing they possibly can in the coming months. Now, of course, the mainstream media won't touch it, even though it's simply a matter of fact. It's true. There's nowhere to hide. I mean, Biden not only said and did these things, he did it on TV. That was face the nation. There's nowhere to hide. Except behind the complicit news media that will not report on this very, very important truth that the Democrat Party is not concerned with any diversity of thought whatsoever. If you don't think the way we demand you to think, your sex and skin color don't matter. Stay the heck out of here. That's just how they roll. Now, we didn't get to it Tuesday night, but we are going to get to it tonight because the natives has been demanding it. The way we end every Uncle Tom, well, not every since we didn't do it Tuesday night, but we end with real fake headlines. Real fake headlines is the internet gaming sensation that is sweeping the globe. People in Europe, they can't wait. Down under, they can't wait. 
people in, in at research stations in Antarctica stay up extra late just so they can play real fake headlines. Now this is very very simple. Apollo Creed and I are going to show you four headlines. We're going to show you four headlines. Three of those headlines are real. One of them, we just made it up. All you have to do is figure out which one is the fake. That's it. When you think you know the fake, get into the checks, get into the chat dialogue. We're watching Uncle Tom Talks right now. Figure it out and just type the number, one, two, three, or four, that you think is the fake. So this is a test of wits. This is me against you. Can I fool you or can you sniff it out and figure it out? All right. Here we go with headline number one. Illinois. Illinois gamblers are betting $156 a second on sports. And mobile registration could mean more. $156 per second. Is that even possible in a state with the population of Illinois? Illinois gamblers are betting $156 a second on sports. And, mobile, and mobile, mobile registration could mean even more. Headline number two. Outrageous gasoline prices fuel record single-day sales of electric vehicles. So did the, did the Tesla showroom floors get flooded uh, last week, this week, when people saw that five, six, seven dollar a gallon uh, on the corners in, in California? Headline number three. Congress passes historic anti-lynching bill. Is it now illegal to lynch people? And headline number four, Cuomo complains cancel culture and dirty politics ruined his career in speech at White Church. That's Andrew Cuomo, the disgraced and resigned uh, former governor of the state of New York, complains cancel culture and dirty politics Ruined his career. Okay, so there they are. One, two, three, or four. You pick it. We're going to give them to you again right now. Rapid fire. And then we're going to start the reveal. Okay, headline number one. Illinois gamblers are betting $156 a second on sports. And mobile registration could mean even more. Headline number two. Outrageous gasoline prices fuel record day sales of electric vehicles. Headline number three, Congress passes historic anti-lynching bill. And headline number four, Cuomo complains cancel culture and politics ruined his career in speech at NYC Church. One, two, three, or four. Get your votes in. Get them in fast. You only have about five or six more seconds, and we're going to start the reveal. Which one is the fake? One, two, three, or four? Some nights we have millions and millions and million more votes than Creed can count. Some nights we have no votes at all. It's looking like everyone's putting count? two. Everyone's putting two. Two. The, uh, the uh, gasoline prices? Okay. Two is, is in the lead by 100%? I would say 100%, yes, sir. That is that is truly stunning. Okay, let's start the reveal with, uh, let's show the people headline number three. Let's start with that one. 
which is a very short headline, says Congress, uh, where'd it go? Congress passes historic anti-lynching bill. And that goes with image number two. This is true. So I figured everybody does, but after years of trying, a federal anti-lynch bill named for Emmett Till and championed by Rep. Bobby Rush is headed to President Joe Biden's desk to sign after the Senate unanimously on Monday passed the measure. Under the legislation, a lynching for the first time in the nation's history will be defined as a hate crime. A person convicted of lynching will face federal crime pen criminal penalties, including prison. Uh, I don't. I don't say that this is a bad thing, but <laughs> Rush, Bobby Rush, who D. Illinois, has been crusading for the anti-lynching bill named after Till, the 14-year-old black youth from Chicago's South Side, who in 1955 was kidnapped and savagely murdered by white men in Mississippi. So he was lynched in 1955. I don't know how many lynchings are still happening in the United States of America today. If they are happening, the press is completely silent on them. I, I, this isn't a bad law. I just, is it necessary to make lynch someone a federal hate crime? Seems redundant. And I don't know that people are being lynched. It, I think it's just symbolic more than anything. But okay, so that's a new law. All right, so that was headline number three. Let's show the people headline that matches. Uh, let's show them headline number one. Headline number one, Illinois gamblers are betting $156 a second on sports and mobile registration could mean more. Let's show the people image number one. This is real. Uh, I just, I don't know. But as a society, we are moving in the direction of encouraging or enabling vices. And people who get hooked on gambling, they, they lose families, they lose, it, it's horrible. I, I'm not a gambler, uh, never have been, don't really, doesn't affect me. But the people, you know, the lotto, the lottery, the Powerball, whatever, is the nation's only voluntary form of, in tax, of income taxation. It is a voluntary form of income taxation that disproportionately affects the poor. Okay, the wealthy know better. The upper middle class, the middle class, the upper classes, we, we know better. We know that you've got a better chance of being struck by lightning on the 4th of July than of hitting the Powerball. It's just lighting a match to your money. Your, your chances of winning are so astronomical that a serious person doesn't even consider winning. Maybe you want to throw away a couple bucks just to have some fun. But the poor buy those things faithfully. Uh, you know, those 7-Elevens and, and corner convenience shops in poor neighborhoods and on the corners in the neighborhoods, you see people coming and going and buying those scratchers all the time. You always see people gambling. We have just reached the point where gambling, marijuana, psychedelic mushrooms, we're enabling and encouraging vice, and it disproportionately affects the poor. And the idea that people in Illinois – and I'm from Illinois. I was born in Illinois. I've spent a lot of time. I lived in Illinois as an adult and as a child. Uh, everybody plays a lotto. Everybody. It's just it's just culture, right? $156 a second on sports betting. And now they're going to introduce mobile registration. So now you don't have to go anywhere. You just pick up your phone. 
and start placing bets. It's not good. Our culture, it is not going to affect our society in a good, in a positive way. Headline number two. Let's show people. Headline number two. So most people think this is the fake, huh? Outrageous gasoline prices fuel record single-day sales of electric vehicles. Let's show everybody image number six. Six. This many, Creed. This many. Image number six. There it is. So those of you who thought this was the fake, you, uh, you, you are truly outstanding in your field because this is the fake. And let's show everybody the last one. Headline number four. Cuomo complains cancel culture and dirty politics ruined his career in speech at NYC church. <laughs> First of all, it is shocking that the man walked into a church and didn't burst into flames. But second of all, these people, do they ever accept responsibility for their own actions? Okay, the things he did while in office has nothing to do with him losing his governorship. It wasn't his fault. It wasn't his behavior. It wasn't anything that he personally did. It was cancel culture. It was people out to get him. It was dirty politics. It was everything but me. Kind of like Joe Biden's current explanations for the state of our nation's economy and the price of gasoline. It's everyone's fault but mine. I didn't have anything to do with it. Cuomo was a pig. He was a pig. He was accused by one woman. All right, this thing, you remember this? This spiraled out of control in a hurry. This was serial. There was, what, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12? I don't remember. I don't remember how many people came forward and said, yeah, he used to grab me and you know, do what pigs do. But that's not what did him in. It was dirty politics. These people have no ability, none, to accept responsibility for their own actions. If you want to receive updates on when, where, and how to catch Uncle Tom Talks, will you please text the word FREEDOM, FREEDOM to 89517. Text FREEDOM to 89517. You can find us on conservative-daily.com. You can go to Rumble. If you're not on Rumble, on Rumble, let's start blowing up Rumble YouTube in the dust because YouTube is part of the evil empire. Just look for Uncle Tom Talks. Same with DLive. Same with Twitch. Wherever you find Uncle Tom Talks, if, you, if you're doing the Spotify thing, if you're doing Apple, however you find me, please thumbs up and leave a positive review. Reviews are the key. That's how you start rising in the rankings. Every Tuesday, every Thursday, 4 p.m. Mountain Time Zone, I will see you Tuesday afternoon. Have a blessed and safe weekend. Thank you guys for joining in to Uncle Tom Talks with Derek Wilburn, live Tuesday and Thursdays at 4 p.m. Mountain Time. Please come back. We love having you. We have a lot of truth to spit. Have a great rest of your night. We will see you soon.